The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is probably at this point, Wednesday, March 30th, we had a snafu on the back end that uh, did not allow us to go live on YouTube, but I assume the video will still be posted on YouTube and the audio, of course, always posted to the feed. Give us a five-star review on Apple and include a question, maybe about the offseason. Maybe about uh, John Breach's, what, what Breach does uh, away from home. You know, whatever you want to do. However you want to do it. Uh, anyway, do that. And uh, we will answer it in a future mailbag, which come out on Monday. We record them on Friday. So if you want to post it, go ahead and, go ahead and toss that five-star review question in there now. And sometimes it takes a little while to post. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. Join me to do a... Uh, News and rumors show, maybe the overtime discussion show, maybe the Andy Dalton emergency podcast, because we're not really going to do an Andy Dalton emergency podcast, but we got to talk about him. Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Breach, I think you've earned the floor. How do you feel about Andy Dalton going to the Saints? Right, we'll get to Andy Dalton in a minute. This is no, that's how I we only to... showed up for this podcast because yeah. I was my understanding was that we were going to talk for one hour about Andy Dalton. Exactly. That's good. I'm glad that your audio crapped out. Brinson can't wait to stomp on Breach's dreams of Andy Dalton getting back into the league and potentially winning another Super Bowl. It's and actually another, not, I mean, a, it's not that insane that Andy Dalton... All right, we'll get to Andy Dalton in a second. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, we got to start, of course, with the overtime rule change, which was passed by the NFL owners at the annual league meetings in Orlando on Tuesday, where the announcement came that it would be passed. It was the Eagles and Colts proposal that, right? What are the Eagles and Colts? Yes, sure. Yes. Doesn't matter. Reach your audio is kind of funky. See if you can clean that up for us. Hop out and hop again, maybe. Um, anyway, the, uh, you're not here? He didn't say anything, did he? Yeah, he was like fuzzy or something. Oh, okay. uh, the uh, Titans had also proposed the two-point conversion uh, overtime rule. However, the owners declined to, to use that instead of going with just sort of the traditional each team gets a possession overtime rule, which is kind of sure. I mean, it's, it's basically the same. I, I, look, it's, it's better than what they had, I guess. And it's only yeah. the postseason. In other words, if the Chiefs Bills, right? Chiefs score, Bills get the ball back. Bills go score. Then the Chiefs get the ball with a chance to go win the game on that possession. But here's the thing. So under the new rules, Chiefs score, Bills get the ball back, Bills score to tie it, Chiefs get the ball back, Chiefs score, game over. So you're still you're, – you're Same thing, same thing. Now – Right back where you started. Now there is the, the, the plot twist that if the Chiefs score a touchdown and kick the extra point, the Bills could go for two and win the yeah. game. But, I mean, that's, you know – They got to score a touchdown first. Yes, exactly. So – and this is only for the postseason, not for the regular season. It is permanent for the postseason. I think it's better than what they had, but it essentially gets you to the same place, right? I mean, I think part of it, oh, there's breach. Yeah. I think part of it is it's rewarding bad fourth quarter game management, maybe even second half game management, and teams that could have won football games because they're being conservative or making stupid decisions. Now they get to go to the overtime and then they, they can get the ball if they didn't get it the first time they have an opportunity again to, to sort of mask their mistakes. I, I sort of agree with what Mike Tomlin said. He's like, I'm a sudden death guy through and through. He actually said, I'm not afraid of sudden death, which, you know, you, you, know, you might necessarily yeah, say, say that, but I I'm fine. I mean, look, and you know, I'm, I'm sort of with team Prisco, which is not necessarily a place you always want to be, but oh. get off the, get off the field. If you're the defense, get off the field. So I, I think it hasn't solved the problem. It's just prolonged the problem because now both teams get a possession if they both scored, the other team, original team, gets the ball back, and if they scored, the game's over. What say you about the new overtime rules in the postseason breach? 
Yeah, you know what? The more we talked about this, and the more over the past uh, whatever months, because it seems to come up every time something crazy happens, whether it was Brady and Mahomes and that Chiefs-Patriots AFC title game, the Chiefs-Bills game this year, is that I don't have a problem with this. I prefer sudden death like Wilson, like Mike Tomlin. Hey, guess what? You know who's the most overtime field goals in NFL history without a miss? Jim Breach. Uh, so I love the idea of sudden death that you can just hit that walk-off field goal or, uh, you know, the Tim Tebow, sorry, Wilson, Tim Tebow touchdown pass against the Steelers uh, in the playoffs in 2011. That kind of drama doesn't happen unless you have sudden death. And so I like that aspect, but I do understand why you want to give both teams a possession. Uh, we all would have loved to see Josh Allen, the Bills offense, get the ball in that divisional playoff game. So I, I'm not against it. I think it's fine. I, I don't think there's a downside to it. And I also like that maybe it changes your strategy because would you think about kicking off to start overtime now, huh. now that it's not, you can't lose based on what the first team does. So we haven't seen a team kick off, win the coin toss and kick off to start overtime since the famous uh, Steelers-Chargers game featuring Duck Hodge. Wait, wasn't that last year? Was that two years ago? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was thinking about the Marty Morningway game. I didn't know the Steelers and, and Chargers did it. Didn't Tomlin do it? I think Mike Tomlin did it. He may have. I don't recall that. That's hilarious. Though. That would have been three years ago, I think. Duck Hodge. 2020? So two years ago. Feels like three years ago. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Now I got to see if I can. It was 2019 because uh, Roethlisberger got hurt in the, se the second game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was, so yeah, I, it was I, I, October sure. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tomlin, when he had Duck Hodges, chose to defend and hand the ball to the Chargers. I, I think it was the Chargers in that game. I could be wrong. It was, it was some game featuring Duck Hodges and the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin's like, I've got a better chance of stopping this team than of actually. It was, it was Steelers-Ravens. Oh, I was gonna say. Worth noting, it'd have been awesome if it was he was he had zero fear of Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, anyway, yeah. The I, I agree with that. I think there's a good chance that teams will. I, in fact, I think if you win the kickoff now, you a hundred percent kick off, right? Because if you can hold, if you if you stop somebody, you can kick a field goal to win, presumably. Well. Right? I don't think you want to kick off to Patrick Mahomes, for example. I think you want to take your chances and, and try to score, and then I think the, it's the, the opponent. The opponent may may vary your your results there, but I'm just saying if you can if you kick off, and the other team kicks a field is forced off, you hold them to a field goal, or you just flat out stop them. You know you can tie with you. You then you have more information at your disposal when you're on offense. And by the way, you can fully expect. I haven't looked at the math, but I'm just guessing. If you kick off to Brandon Staley and they score a touchdown, they are going for two. So that's also some math you have to do because it may encourage some teams, uh, more adventurous teams, to go for two as opposed to just settling for an extra point. There's just another layer of coaching that this is going to add because I don't think you automatically kick off you in the coin, coin toss. Like Wilson said, you don't want to give the ball to Patrick Mahomes because if they go down and score a touchdown, now your back is against the wall because you have to score a touchdown. But Brenton, the flip side is obviously what you said and why I think kicking off would make sense because if the team scores a touchdown, if the team that gets the ball first, you decide to kick off. Now, you know, you're going to go for it on every fourth down. You've got, uh, so you've got the extra down in your playbook because you know you have to score a touchdown or the game's over. If they don't score, then you know a field goal wins the game for you. Uh, if they only get a field goal, you know the touchdown wins the game for you. So there's definitely an added perk to having that extra information. But the downside is if they <laughs> score a touchdown and you score a touchdown, then they get the ball first in sudden death once the Let's, game becomes sudden Oh, death. right, right, right. That's true. That's true. So that would be <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, right. you would. Okay, I take that back. Yeah, I'm an idiot. You would never kick off. You would always take the kickoff. Unless you in regular season, maybe if you right, maybe well, regular season doesn't matter. What do you mean? Or if they eventually change it to the regular season, oh. which I think they will after like one year, they usually do this. With well, the, I mean, they've kept the the uh, you know the ten minute overtime has been they changed that, and that's obviously not a playoff thing. So because you play forever in the playoffs till someone wins, so I don't know if they'll change this for the regular season. I don't, I don't think they will because if you give both teams a possession. And over time, it's only 10 uh, minutes long. It takes too long, yeah. You're just a bunch of ties are going to happen. Yeah, okay. I that, right. they, so I, I retract my previous statement that you would definitely kick off. You would you would definitely take the kickoff. And go, I but think I mean, it depends. But I think it's ironic that Breach notes that this could add an extra layer of coaching, which is what got us to this point in the first place. A lot of crappy coaching at the end of football games that made teams angry that they weren't able to get the ball back. And I think 
you know, if you got to clean up the coaching in the first 60 minutes, maybe we wouldn't have to go through all this. Again, at the end of the day, it's fine. I don't, I don't have too much of a, an issue with it, but it just feels like you're putting a Band-Aid on something that would be much better served just using your brains instead of a quick fix. I would have preferred the Titans uh, version of, of things. And what's that again with the two-point? How does that work? So you, the team, um, the team that gets the ball first in overtime can, if they score a touchdown, can go for two to win the game. I like that. But the flip side is, and if you get the two-point conversion, it's over. If you miss, the other team gets the ball with a chance to go down and, and score and then kick an extra yeah, point to I'm win. I'm fine with that. I like that. Um, all due respect to the NFL owners who are very smart businessmen, that seems like a little too much, dare I say, game theory for them to get involved <laughs> with. How uh, dare you? In terms of this, um, in terms of, you know, modifying the rules. Like, they took the easy, the easy simple way out of making people happy by eliminating the because I mean th- you know the, the reality is even if this doesn't really change things because you know like Bill's Chiefs or, or Pat's Chiefs is the, is the prime example right like Patrick Mahomes never got to touch the ball and Josh Allen never got to touch the ball well this doesn't really change things because Josh Allen probably goes and scores and then Patrick Mahomes scores again right uh, Patrick Mahomes probably scores on the Pats and then Tom Brady probably scores on that Chiefs defense again I would push back again uh, going to coaching. And what do we? What was the first thing we said after that, Pat's uh, the the Chiefs Bills game? Other than the fact that it was an amazing football game, probably the best ever playoff. Yada yada yada. It's that don't, they, don't let the other team score a field goal with 13 seconds remaining. Why are you kicking the ball deep? Why didn't you squib kick it? Yeah, sure. That goes to bad coaching and yeah. uh, or coaching in the moment that wasn't very good. Sean McDermott's a good coach, but my point is that so now because they didn't do something that's pretty simple, they want to you know the rules need to be changed again. I'm not saying this is all the Bills. My point is that the coaching should be better. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, you know, it, the, and I think part of the reason why the, the teams have been so successful scoring the touchdown in, um, in overtime is that teams are more aggressive in the postseason versus in the regular season. You also, end up with better, you also end up with better offenses because you have the, you know, the creme de la creme of the NFL. Well, for the Fancy. most part, creme de la creme, mm-hmm. cream of the crop. There you go. Uh, it, it, uh, of teams in overtime. Teams in the playoffs, you, you're going to end up with more likely better offenses than you would during the regular season when you could have a Jaguars Dolphins overtime. That's you know it's difficult in, in London where it's difficult to move the ball. It was uh, crazy, real quick about this overtime rule is that three teams actually voted against it, um, and they were two of those three teams tied for the third most overtime games in the NFL during the regular season. So that I felt like is an interesting twist. The teams are the Bengals who played three overtime games, the Vikings who played three overtime games, uh, and the Dolphins who only played one overtime game. But the Bengals also had a, the playoff overtime game against the Chiefs, and they're out there like, you know what? We stopped Mahomes. We picked him off. We don't need a second possession. We're voting against this stuff. So I think it is funny that you had three teams say, hey, let's keep the status quo. Let's We're fine how it is. Yeah, because the Bengals did go to OT against the Chiefs and managed to still win, even though they lost the coin toss, right? Right. And the Bengals are also, I believe, maybe the only team in the NFL who has never scored an offensive touchdown in overtime. In, in, in overtime? Is that serious? That is a dead serious stat. I share every time they go to overtime and every in time. Regular, in the regular season, too? N- just ever. They have never scored what? an offensive touchdown in franchise history in overtime. That's outrageous. That is. Is it? It doesn't even sound believable. Well, uh, part of the reason was probably because they had Andy Dalton at quarterback for most of those years. Oh, ho, ho! Up high, down hard! And that brings us to our next topic. Andrew Dalton is headed to the Bayou, baby. Andy Dalton reached a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and as I was saying before Wilson, as I was, when Wilson lured me into talking about Dalton off the top, uh, I was pointing out that there's a decent chance that Andy Dalton could end up being the week one starter for the Saints, right? No, zero percent chance. Why? Why decent? I mean, James Winston's coming off an ACL, ACL Wilson. Yeah, hey, he tore it on October 31st. Ready. He'll be fine. I guess. Well, let me put it this way. Do you want 85% Jameis or 100% Andy Dalton? I mean, this signing says to me that the Saints aren't 100% sure. That. No, it doesn't. It says they need a backup because Taysom Hill is moving to tight end. Well, and- yeah, Taysom Hill's moving to tight end. But if you are only 10%, if, if you're saying we're 90% sure Jameis will be ready for week one, you have to have a starter for that 10% in case that happens. Okay. Know, 
I'll give you that. Best, prepare for the worst. And so you don't want to have someone who's just going to, th- you know, Trevor Simeon in there, somebody that the Saints have had in the past who they've thrown out there and, and just throw away your first one or two weeks if Jameis isn't ready. So, uh, you know, I mean, that- I get you crapping on Trevor Simeon and all, but I, I would, I'm the, the dummy who said there's a path to nine wins with Andy Dalton. And you go back to that season and then last season, it wasn't like Andy Dalton was setting the world on I can't believe I deleted that, that. that. That's the worst thing you've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> Especially I mean, anyway. Can you, there's a path. can you delete the other one? <laughs> hey. My name on it. Tyron Matthew. That one? He doesn't want it deleted. Which, wait, which one? Which one? Yeah, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that one's never going away. Oh, no. Well, you guys were wondering why I was four minutes late for the podcast. It's because I was ordering an Andy Dalton Saints jersey. Got to have a oh, yeah. collection. Got to have Bears, Cowboys. I'm going to have every team in the NFL by the time Dalton's career is over. Uh, by the way, Allen, uh, Dennis Allen, Saints head coach, uh, spoke to a reporter. Now, it's like, poor Taysom, Sean Payton leaves the building, and they're like, all right, Taysom, the jig is up, my friend. It's time to become a tight end. Uh, I think the role for Taysom really is going to be a lot more of the kind of F tight end, move tight end kind of role. I think it's the direction that we need to move with him because I think he can be one of the better players in the league in that role. Allen told reporters at the annual meetings in Palm Beach. So if Jameis is out there playing, oh yeah, not Orlando, Palm Beach. So if Jameis is out there playing quarterback, I don't really like having Taysom next to me on the sidelines. So I think you'll see him more that type of role. It just sounds kind of funny coming from like somebody who's not Sean Payton. He's like, I, you know what? I'm sick and tired of seeing this guy standing on the sideline, wondering when he's going to go in and be the gadget guy. Um, I do think though that like, Taysom Hill is pretty good with the ball in his hands and you can use him in creative ways. So having him on the field makes a lot more sense. As something other than a quarterback. I completely agree. I never got that sort of. No, nobody did. Sean Payton's the only one. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I, no one answered this question. Brenton, you were messing around with the buttons. But is Andy Dalton a huge upgrade over Trevor Simeon? Is my point? Yes. Uh, I would say so. Okay. I mean, I mean I, I, I don't come think on, Wilson. Dalton, are you, are you, you're just out here crapping on Andy Dalton. They're not, Andy, Andy Dalton's not going to like lead are them. Are you bitter because he went to the playoffs five straight times in the AFC North? <laughs> Yeah, I'm really bitter about that. I mean, are you, you have Andy Dalton on your team. I would say that the Saints have a top three backup quarterback in the NFL. Uh, uh, did they have a top three quarterback two years ago in, in Dallas or last year in Chicago? That's my point. Like, I like Andy Dalton. And I've said before that I wouldn't mind him being, um, you know, signed by the Steelers. But the reality is he, he hasn't been good in quite a while. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Dalton went four and five with the Cowboys and his first two games. There was a looked, path to nine wins breach. Well, it, the very first two games, it looked like the coaching staff was totally unprepared for it, the remote possibility of losing Dak Prescott. It looked like they had never let Andy Dalton take a snap in his entire life with that team. It looked like uh, Dalton didn't know the playbook because they just gave it to him the night before he was supposed to make his first start. Uh, All right. but, uh, Andy Dalton or Colt McCoy. I'm probably taking Andy Dalton in most of these. Uh, I'm taking Colt McCoy. He won my, two games last year. My, Dalton well, won three. Dalton won three and three. My point is that Breach is making Andy Dalton to be out like it's 2015, where in fact it's 2022, and he has not Ooh. been. And, all right, I'm just trying to. All right, Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew? Oh, Breach, I want to hear this one. My head's going to explode if I have to answer that, so I'm not going to. That, 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 is, a, that is a plead the fifth. I'll take, uh, I'll take Gardner Minshew. I'll take Gardner as well. Uh, Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo slash Trey Lance. I think that's easy. Yeah. Andy Dalton or Taylor Heineke? I'm probably taking Taylor Heineke. Yep, me too. Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor? I'll take Tyrod. He's a little more athletic in terms of getting out into space. Andy Dalton or Tyler Huntley? Uh, Huntley. Huntley. Oh, really? I was going to say, I don't know if Huntley's just a one-year guy or not, but all right, you talk me into it. Andy Dalton or Case Keenum? Worst Case Keenum, is he still in Cleveland? No, he got traded to Buffalo. I'm taking Dalton. If if, if he was with Stefanski in Cleveland, I might take him. Wow, he wasn't great. Yeah, it's Andy Dalton or Teddy Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy B. Dalton. Andy Dalton or Mason Rudolph? I mean, come on. (laughs) Even I can't. That's All a bridge. Right. Point being league. is Andy Dalton is a top 10 backup in the league, but he's there not a top five backup. <laughs> one, of the, one of the 10 best backup quarterbacks in professional football. Andy Dalton, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, 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 okay. But, but, but is he a, Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold? I mean, they're the same person. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Andy Dalton would win very many games for Carolina. Behind well, that. That, so you're split. This is like 50-50. So we are I, saying I take, I take the upside of Sam Darnold versus. Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm bringing this up because Brinson is proving the point here that Andy Dalton's barely a top 10 quarterback, not top three. Like I was top 10 backup quarterback, 
which means the Panthers starting quarterback yeah, is on correct. par yeah, with yeah. a guy who was barely top 10 backup quarterback. And so in case you're wondering where the Panthers are. Yeah, we know where the Panthers are. Yeah, we know are. where the Panthers are. Did we talk about Oh, I guess you weren't on the show yesterday, but Wilson and I are on yeah, on the, the mock draft show, Wilson and I discussed the Panthers at length. They're just they're just in the worst possible spot. They have no assets. They have they can't convince a veteran quarterback to come play for them. They're on the hook for $19 million for Sam Darnold. And their only recourse is to draft Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett at number and six. And their overall. coach wears tough skins to the group picture. And it's been their coach wear has been wearing his, the same khakis for four straight days. The Who among us hasn't done that though, Brenton? I, I, he shall not cast the first stone. No, no, the same no. khakis for four the reason, straight days. The reason I know, I know the Super Bowl once you didn't change khakis a single time that week. The reason I know that they're the that they're the khakis. You can tell they're khakis he's had on for four straight days because they've got the upper thigh like super long horizontal uh, wrinkles in them that can only be developed by like natural starch occurring by wearing your khakis for four straight days. Also, when mm. if you sit on a plane, that can happen too. Uh, or if you ball, but usually it's a long flight. Charlotte to, down to uh, Palm Beach shouldn't be a long. Charlotte down to Palm Beach isn't a long flight, and. I doubt he just got off the plane and went to the picture. Like he would have, everybody gets in on Sunday. I, here's what happened. He balled up his khakis. He threw them in his backpack that he, he wore over his shoulder on the plane. He was wearing shorts down there. He saw only Belichick was wearing shorts. He didn't want to be that guy because he's not, he hasn't won six Super Bowls yet. So he hastily put on the balled up khakis and he didn't have time to iron them before the, the group picture. Done and done. Okay. Moving Move along. On. Some more. Yeah, that's, that's not what happened. Um, moving <laughs> along. Some more. Buzz coming out of the owners' meetings in Palm Beach. Lamar Jackson contract extension buzz. John Harbaugh said, "Quote: I'm confident it's going to happen." End quote. Uh, I'll ask you this because I know Jason Lockenfora wrote about it, and JLC is always as always is tied into the Ravens. Um, do we, do, Lamar? This is a crazy situation because Deshaun Watson has a lot of off-field issues. Has been to the playoffs has never won an MVP, has never won a Super Bowl, and just got a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Can Lamar Jackson take less as a former MVP who has won playoff games or won at least a playoff game? Can he take less than Deshaun Watson? Can he take non-guaranteed money? JLC has made the case that he might actually attempt to play out the – Play out, play out the franchise tags and just mm. become a free agent. Pull up Flacco. Uh, Breach, I'll just say this. Um, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported that the NFL owners are not happy with Jimmy Haslam for his decision to give Deshaun Watson a guaranteed $230 million. So I would imagine Lamar doesn't have an agent. He's his own agent unless something's changed. That, he sh that should be the starting point, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're Lamar Jackson, this is throwing a wrench in everyone. I mean, and Jason Lockenfor wrote about this this week also. And, and, Not, and for, for what it's worth, uh, I believe that Peter King and Albert Breer at uh, PFT or and then uh, SI.com. Yeah, but NBC. also, yeah, I don't know how you qualify wherever Peter King works. Because um, it links on Pro Football Talk, but then it goes to a different site. Anyway, um, they both mentioned this as well, that the general buzz – was that a lot of owners were pissed off at Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam for fully guaranteeing Deshaun Watson's cut because the other the other factor that comes into play is the escrow situation, right? You know what I'm talking about? You have to put you have to put it, it, for every dollar that's guaranteed in a contract, the owners have to put that in an escrow account. So like Jimmy and D Haslam have to put 230 million dollars into an escrow account for for Deshaun for Deshaun Watson's contract, and owners are worried that they all might have to do this. I was trying to tee you back up, Breach. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah, I was just going to say basically the same thing that uh, that is what Jason Lockenfor was saying earlier this week. Had a, a long article on it. And the escrow thing you just brought up, for instance, is the big thing because you have smaller market teams that might not be able to afford to put. I, I think it's eighty-five percent of the contract, the, the guaranteed money that has to be basically put in escrow. So if you're Mike Brown of the Bengals or, or the Bidwells in Arizona or even the Spanos family in L.A., you might not be able to write a hundred and ninety million dollar. As a matter of fact, I'm almost certain that or the Davis is Mark Davis in, in Vegas. 
you can't write that check and put it in escrow. And so that's a lot of haircuts. Got to sit there for the length of the contract. Like right. And, and and so if you can't do that, you might not be able to compete with a team that can say, "Hey, look, uh, we're going to guarantee your whole entire contract." The Bengals they can't do that for you. The Raiders they can't do that for you. The Cardinals. And this is where you have the big market, small market difference that really hasn't been prevalent in the NFL as it has been in places like uh, Major League Baseball. Um, and and to that point. As JLC noted in the column, owners for years have been like, listen, we just can't guarantee that much on this contract. We have to put that into escrow. And it's like now, you know, and back in the day, it was one thing because you didn't want an owner defaulting on a big contract in like the, you know, the 70s. Um, now, you know, these guys are, are billionaires. And so like, like, you're not worried about Jerry Jones defaulting on a $50 million guaranteed contract. However, the Bengals have just Joe Burrow and the Chargers have Justin Herbert. And those guys are up for contract extensions the following offseason. So you wonder, will they, will their agents demand, like, hey, look, Deshaun, like Deshaun Watson got 230 million fully guaranteed. We want fully guaranteed contracts as well. You know, will will they be able to get that? And if they if they demand that and they want that, and I think too that some of these quarterbacks, you know, we saw after Kirk Cousins, like uh, uh, everybody's like, well, listen, that's it. Everybody's gonna get fully guaranteed now. And that didn't happen, you know. We saw Aaron, you know, so we may see situations where Justin Herbert's like, yeah, I'm willing to take, you know, like I'm willing to take less fully guaranteed because I know the deal will get played out to help out the franchise. So I don't put the owner in a bad spot or the owners may just decide to, to vote to get rid of the escrow situation. Yeah, that's something they could absolutely do. And real quick, the, we, I think we started this with the Lamar Jackson talk, yeah. obviously, and uh, ran around in circles. But that is, if you're Lamar Jackson, you have to think he can't take less than Sean Watson, which is what Wilson was saying. And so that really does put some of these teams in an awkward situation. If you're a, an MVP quarterback or a Super Bowl winning quarterback down the road, then Sean Watson's contract becomes your floor. Like, hey, if you're not giving me five years, $230 million uh, fully guaranteed, I'm not signing with you. And so I don't think it's that crazy to think that Lamar might end up just playing this out. I'm going to get the franchise tag and uh, I'm going to go on with life. And maybe they franchise me twice. Boom. I don't know, but it's a crazy situation. Well, it's not even that insane for, so Lamar is on his fifth year option coming up. Right. And then they can franchise tag him technically three times. Um, I mean, if you're the Ravens and you don't feel like stroking a $230 million check to go into an escrow account, or you can't stroke a $230 million check to go into an escrow account, you are better off just going year by year, fully guaranteed single year deals. Now, if it well, comes wait a second. So the first franchise is the top five. Yep. Second is 120%. And the third is like a balloon up to something massive. So let's, let's see. So the top is, I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers is number one right now. Is that right? So this year was 29 something million dollars. The third is 144 of the second year's tag. So let's say that next year's is 30 million even, right? So that's a $30 million, $30 million for, for Lamar. And then uh, what? Uh, 12, wait, 120% of 30 million is 36 million, right? So you got 30 so you math in your head, Brinson. It's just yeah, know, right? hilarious to watch live. Um, and then. So wait, is it the average annual value or is it the money that's being paid out in 2022? How do you average these five? And that's the thing. I think the tag is going to go up because if, if right. Aaron Rodgers contract and Deshaun the Watson, up every year. it might be closer to like 33 or 35 here's, million. In, in terms of the average annual value, uh, Rodgers is number one at 50, Deshaun 46, Patrick 45, Josh Allen 43, and then Dak at 40. Yeah, um, it, it'll. I, I would. It was it was only twenty nine million dollars this year, so I would anticipate that it's probably in the low thirties max. It's not going to be. A, that could be uh, either cap hit or it's actually going to be more it, than it's, base it's salary. Top, it's an average of the top five cap hits. Okay, salary. okay, cap hit. So then it's going to be because you could you have Deshaun Watson situation where he takes his one million dollar salary that you know that can't figure into. Gotcha. Right, 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 right. Right. It'll probably be around thirty four. It looks like. Okay. Eyeballing. Okay. So 34, uh, that, that would be six. So you're over 40 million for your, so your first, your second franchise tag is over 40 million. Still a bargain. Yes. Considering then your third franchise tag is no, no, wait, the the second one is going to be 120, 120% of next 2023 season. Not this, the one you started it. Right. 
Right. So, okay. So 2022, Lamar will be fifth year option. Then they franchise tag him in 2023. That'll be $34 million. Let's just put it at that. Then it'll be, high, it'll be higher than that because we're talking about next year's salary, but sure. I'm just, I'm, let's make it 35 million if we want, just for math purposes. So then. Oh, you're just trying to be able to do the math. Okay. <laughs> that's why I did 30 million to start with. Let's say it's $35 million. Your 2024 salary it will not be 42. It will be whatever the salaries have elevated no, to the next year. It's 120% of the previous tag. It is. Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay. And then the third tag is 144% of the second tag. Okay. So, the, so right, you, the, the math might work out for the Ravens. Then. Well, now, now I, I will, I will preface that by saying that I, the 120% can't be lower than the, than the actual tag number. <laughs> right. Well, so like if, if the tag went up, if the tag went up 20% because of contracts that were signed, you would get a bump up to the, to the, to the other tag. But that, I think that's fairly unlikely that it jumps 20%. At any rate, it does seem like Deshaun Jackson and the Ravens could uh, be headed in that direction. Mike, Mike, yeah. Deshaun, did I say Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be their next quarterback. I will say this, though. Lamar can just say I'm not going to play on the tag, too. Yeah. I mean, that's true, but like, do you, it's not like he has a no tag clause in his contract. So what is he going to do? I mean, after like not the first sign half. it and pull a, pull a Le'Veon Bell and sit out the entire season. No, no. After the first tag, he could say, I'm not going to play on it. Get, get and paid. Get your $35 million for easy. And then know you're set for life and then play hardball. Yeah. I mean, what are the Ravens going to do? I think, I think if you're Lamar, you just, you do what Kirk Cousins did. And you, because I mean, like, do you know what Lamar Jackson would get on the open market? I mean, an ins, I mean, an insane contract. But what did Kirk Cousins do to make that happen? He just kept playing on the tag. He played out his tags. Yeah. Lamar's yeah. Lamar's playing style makes that a little more difficult. Right. That's a that's a huge difference. Yeah. Kirk Cousins doesn't take hits and likes his steak medium well. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Tom Brady to Miami. What? <laughs> Y'all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast mike mcdaniel the new dolphins coach shot down tom mike who mike jones jalen waddle he shot down Tom Brady trade rumors, calling it, quote, fake news. Do you believe that there was ever anything 
and obviously like Brady, once, once Brady came back to the Bucks and all, and like called Ryan Jensen was like signed with Tampa and you know, they hammered out a deal with Chris Godwin, like Brady's not going anywhere after all of that. So do you think there was ever any fire to the Miami smoke involving Tom Brady and the dolphins? Yeah, probably. But it was before Mike, Mike McDaniel got there. So he can say, you know, he has plausible deniability and he may not even know about it, but I would imagine that at some point every team was kicking the tires on Tom Brady because this is the same team that was kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson. I think, did they ever publicly admit they were doing that while they were doing it? I know they said they were out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, if you will. I don't think they did ever publicly admit it. Yeah. But I think that was pretty well established through all the folks that report do this for a living. So yeah, Mike McDaniel was probably telling the truth because he didn't get hired till not too long ago. And I would imagine that the dolphins, like every other team, um, was curious about what Tom Brady was going to do. Yeah, and I think the one thing about this one, though, is it is this rumor kind of caught fire last week because Dale Arnold, uh, who works actually in read Boston. Your, I actually read your article on it, Bridge. Did you? And I even linked to a couple of his tweets. Uh, number one, he said, don't be surprised if Brady ends up with another team in South Florida. And that kind of got things going because uh, Dale was the one who actually originally broke the news of Brady signing with the Buccaneers. Mm. Um back on March 17th, 2020. And so, you know, so clearly he has someone in the Brady camp or who may know what is going to happen. And so as soon as he tweeted that Brady might end up in South Florida, that became, Hey, look, people need to start looking at this, maybe take it seriously. Um, But I think Mike McDaniel kind of put it to bed and Prince, I think you hit the nail on the head with, there's no way Brady is going to sit there and text Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, uh, you know, half hour before he's returning saying, guys, we're getting the band back together. No way he's convincing Ryan Jensen to return. No way he's getting Leonard Fournette to return. No way you're selling all these guys to return and then ditching them because uh, they would feel backstabbed. And Brady does not seem like the type of guy who would want that reputation of having all these guys hate him. Uh, Cause he talked him into signing with Tampa and then he leaves. Sounds like something one sociopath would say about another sociopath. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, the 49ers sound like they are not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo anytime soon. Kyle Shanahan asked about Trey Lance and um, being the starter. And, and, and it does sound like Trey Lance will be the starter, but uh, that's why we looked into trading Jimmy because we obviously believe that Trey can be a starter and ready to do that. Shanahan said also from Palm beach via ESPN, but if we can't upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. Quarterbacks are really hard to come by. Some teams don't have any at all Panthers. And the fact that we have Mm -hmm. three that we're happy with, he didn't cough and say Panthers, by the way, Uh, that is a good thing. We brought Trey here to be that eventually. And I think that would be sooner than later, but when Jimmy gets a surgery and we can't upgrade our team by getting some good picks until people feel good about that surgery, I'm all right with that. We're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him. Jimmy is a good player that we all really like as a person, a teammate. We're going to see, we're going to wait to see whatever helps the Niners the most. uh, Brady Quinn and I, during the during the season play read between the lines of the Brady Quinn football show so uh read between the lines on that comment Wilson we are really pissed that Jimmy Garoppolo got that shoulder surgery when he did because we can no longer move him I don't know what the timing was or whether Jimmy decided or whether the team decided it I don't think the team had knew he was getting it well then that that's probably why they were surprised in my little made-up scenario here that said Garoppolo doing it also means that he's hindering his chance to get a job somewhere else. So maybe it just had to happen when it did. And, and that's, that is what it is. But uh, again, I mean, I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo guy, so I think you can bring it back and he'll be a great teammate. I think the role is Trey Lance and it may even be a situation where probably better than Tua and Teddy Bridgewater in Miami in that they tried to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, but the timing wasn't right. And, and they seem willing to roll with Trey Lance. So even if he struggles early on, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, this does feel like, uh, and, and John Lynch had kind of said this at the combine that, Hey, we're not just going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now hear them reaffirm it and hear Kyle Shanahan say it too. It really feels like they're saying, Hey, look, this guy got us to, uh, the NFC title game and two of the past three years, he's taken us to a super bowl. We're not just going to kick him to the curb because look, that could be an enticing thing you do. Cause if they cut Garoppolo, they pick up like $25 million in cap space. So there definitely is uh, there, it's not an easy decision to hold on to Jimmy. So, but if you cut him, you're giving away for nothing. You want to trade him, 
But I do think if teams are serious, if teams seriously think you will actually keep him and let him be your starter in 2022, then, you know, they might spice up a trade a little bit and offer a little bit more compensation than they would. Uh, but I do think the 49ers have kind of, whether it's the surgery, however it's played out, that there's not really any quarterback spots left. The 49ers kind of screwed themselves over here because there's no way they're getting more than, what, like a third-round pick for Jimmy? I mean, there had been talk that maybe a second-round pick, but that doesn't even seem possible now. Trying to figure out how much the 49ers need for to sign their uh, – they're going to have to free up some cap space to sign their draft picks eventually. Right, like they they have like one point nine million dollars, and that's not enough to 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 handle your draft picks. Although I guess they don't have a first round pick. Hmm. Maybe they might be able to do it. Maybe. Um. At any rate, it, it'll be it'll be close. They they can probably shake the tr- shake the cap tree and 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 loosen up enough. You even restructure Jimmy. The, I mean, but I you don't can't think, restructure him without adding. Years that's to true. Contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Good point. Um, I don't think they cut Jimmy unless, unless it's just an absolute must-have cap situation. I think they'll hold on to Jimmy. He's a, he's a bailout plan in case Trey Lance isn't ready. And with Jimmy, you know, you can you hope he gets healthy. Maybe maybe he's ready for mini camp. At worst case, he's ready for training camp. Somebody gets hurt, and all of a sudden, Jimmy G is the the clear-cut number one guy to go trade for. Assuming that Baker Mitchell. And he's also uh, an option right before the trade deadline, too. That's when he was traded. So you can hold on to him and sign him and trade him in the summer. Oh, and that's trade. when your value is at the highest, too. Right. Exactly. Especially with, for instance, situation with if a quarterback at certain training camp and a team is desperate, they're going to call the 49ers, like, name your price. We just we need Jimmy here now. Uh, thrilled to be asked about quarterbacks over and over again. Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> You know, that guy's like going up to the microphone, like, please, just no quarterback talk. Uh, I think every talk asked about Baker Mayfield. I think everyone understands the situation and we're hoping that it is resolved soon. Stefanski said at the league meetings, it's a unique situation. We've got to see how it plays out. I think all of us would love an answer yesterday, but that's not the reality of it. Um, he also acknowledged that Jacoby Brissett could start several games if Deshaun Watson is forced to miss. That's something we've spoken about until we know the final answer. We're speaking hypotheticals right now, but we've got to be ready whenever a decision is made, potentially to go with Jacoby or not. So we'll wait and see what the league has. Okay. We'll see. It's going to be hysterical when Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the entire year. And then while he only, it will cost him only a million dollars, they'll have to roll with Jacoby Brissett and or, who knows? Or, Baker, or, or Baker Mayfield. Or Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, if you're pick- if if Deshaun Watson got suspended for the whole year, which you know I don't think it's going to happen, but Wilson, you just said it, so I'm just throwing this out. That means the Browns would be paying him 230 million dollars for four years. No, two twenty nine, two twenty nine, two twenty nine for four years, all guaranteed. That that like that makes the contract even more insane. Fifty seven, yeah. uh, fifty seven million dollars a year. <laughs> I have to think that they is that right? Yeah, it's one hundred percent right. I have to think that they, like the you know they they claim they did a deep dive into the you know into the the situation and that's certainly questionable given how given that that according according to the attorney for the women that they didn't ask to interview any of those people any of those the plaintiffs I mean you can question how deep the dive was but you have to think that if they're going to make that trade and get and like give out that contract they've done enough due diligence right to feel okay about Deshaun not being suspended for the whole year uh, understanding that anything is possible so the- let's just recap this is the same organization owned by the same man and Jimmy Haslam that in 2014 spent a hundred thousand dollars to figure out whether they should take Johnny Mantell or Teddy Bridgewater the report came back and said Teddy Bridgewater and then he listened to a homeless guy so take <laughs> take that and inform your decision of the question you just asked. So who gets traded for more compensation? That was like that was like what was going around in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Just, I'm like, I'm like giving Jimmy Haslam credit for doing something smart. Who, I think who, Bay, who gets Baker, traded Baker. or who gets cut out of Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo? Both cut, both traded, one stays in San Francisco, they both stay on their team. What happened? Jimmy stays, Baker is gonna get cut. I think I don't think you can cut. I think you trade Baker and get would you a rather seventh round pick? No, I think I think you have to give a pick. Why? What's he making this year? Because nineteen million dollars one year fully guaranteed, or you have to eat some of the salary. Oh, so you're basically well, it, buying. It's 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 ironically what Cleveland did with Brock Osweiler. Right. The Browns, if they 
packed in a third round pick would be selling that third round pick for $19 million. Cause boom, the other team would get the third round pick. Now the Browns are picking up $19 million in cap space or yeah. the Browns take like $10 million in cash at the, you know, you pay part of your salary or something like that. But the, yeah, the, exactly. The Browns would be buying cap space. Pretty pathetic. Well, then you have to look at the teams that have cap space and need a quarterback. Not that the Browns need a Brock Osweiler, but Browns uh, have $21 million in cap space, even with Baker on the, on the roster. So they can, they, I mean, they can, they could cut him if they had to, they so can they, cut him if they had to and eat it, but prefer did not. they pick up his fifth year option? Yes. This is the fifth year option. Yes. The fifth year oh. option is 2022. It's 18 points. So a year ago, everything was all good. And they're like, we're, we're rolling on with Baker. And here we are. I mean, a year ago at this point, it was like, does Baker get his contract extension? Well, right. they had to pick up the option after the 2020 season. Which was a no-brainer. Right, because they had just won their playoff game. Against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Forever. Of course they're going to pick it up. And it looked like Baker was either forever. And now here we are talking about him leaving uh, 18 right. months. Correct. And it this goes back to the point I was making the other day about the fifth year. Did I make that to y'all or is it to Josh and Traps? Uh, it wasn't to me. If it was, I didn't listen. Sorry. Well, I was suggesting that maybe teams should rethink like you know everybody's like oh you want to trade in the first round to get that fifth year option for team control of a quarterback it's like well actually those fifth year options have backfired almost every single time they're forced to use them because with most quarterbacks like even if you want to say golf and Wentz, you know were disasters you at least felt good enough about them that they gave them contracts before the fifth year option was even in play you know yeah so you're, you're talking about it's like it's it's a when the agents are negotiating, it's a chunk of guaranteed money that gets built into the contract before you talk about the franchise tags. And the, well, and the Browns didn't have to give Baker his fifth year option. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't do it. That's on the Browns. I mean, look, the Panthers, same thing with Darnold. Like, oh, do you know how much that. the Panthers, Panthers would kill to have a time machine? <laughs> hey, Brent, I think that was you and I that had the conversation about the fifth year option being pointless for quarterbacks. Right. And so it's like, but I mean, it just makes you wonder, like, should you, you know, like, should you, I mean, I don't know, should you, should you even bother with the fifth year option? Should, you shouldn't, I guess what I'm saying is don't, if you think a quarterback's going to fall to you in the second round, I used to say you want to trade up to the first to get the fifth year option. I think you're better off just taking the guy in the second round. If you think he'll be there, than you know, using other assets to move up to grab him. If, if you think you can get him, just, just a point of note. Okay. Noted. Couple more things. The Patriots won't have official coordinator titles in 2022. Bill Belichick said, I'm not, quote, I'm not big on titles, end quote. I had to read that sentence twice because it it caught my attention the way it was written. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. He sounded like Mitch Trubisky out here. (laughs) That's right. I was like, hold up now. What? (laughs) I'm not big on kissing titles. Um, Is this a thing or not a thing? No, how's this different than the last 30 years in New England, however long Belichick's been there? I mean, his son, Steve, has been co-defensive coordinator de facto, I think. I don't think that was official, along with Gerard Mayo. Um, the offensive coordinator was, was clear-cut. It has been forever, it feels like. Uh, going back to Charlie Weiss, of course, Josh McDaniel, but he's gone now. I don't even know who's replacing him, either um, on the org chart or, or just in Bill Belichick's mind. And Bill Belichick's the de facto general manager as well. So I don't think this isn't anything strange is it breach i mean except it, like, it protects belichick from ever losing anyone on his staff because he can just be vague about everyone's responsibilities we'll always oh. hear speculation about hey who's in who's putting the offensive game plan together who's you know we think his son or Gerard mayo is in charge of the defensive game plan but i don't think anyone outside the building a hundred percent knows for sure and by keeping that so vague like why would you hire a, a patriots assistant to be your head coach i mean Maybe that's part of the reason why the uh, the old Belichick coaching tree has been falling apart because you don't know what they do inside that building. For all we know, it's just Belichick being the marionette with the with the puppets. He's just overseeing everything, and that's what this feels like. Belichick's no. saying is, "Do your job, everyone, do their job," and uh, I'm the top guy. So no I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I don't think that's a crazy theory at all. Um, like, does Josh McDaniels hired if he's not the Pats OC? You know, or I mean, but I, here's here's my theory. Um, is that the current de facto offensive coordinator is Joe Judge, and the current de facto defensive coordinator is Steve Belichick. And Bill Belichick knows how that would sound if you said it out loud. 
I'll, something I'll add a layer to your conspiracy. I saw it somewhere on Twitter, so take it for what it's worth. I can't remember. I'll look it up in a second. That uh, Matt Patricia is going to handle a lot of the offense as well. Oh, that's right. So Patricia, and, so Matt Patricia, who just got uh, so like basically, if the Pats' offense is good this year, then he'll name an offensive coordinator next year. Or maybe he doesn't want. Maybe he's got Joe Judge and Matt Patricia handling the offense, and he doesn't want them to, you know, deal with the you know deal with who like who's the coordinator who reports to who or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. It uh, it's certainly it's an interesting it's an interesting move not to have offensive or defensive coordinators. I think Belichick's probably calling the defensive plays, and I will see who calls the offensive plays. Like that's, that is really, it is very interesting. Like you're going to have to see somebody calling the plays, right? Like, uh, I don't know. They could all be talking in the head, headset at the same time as to be sort of a throw you off. I mean, I guess you don't have to see somebody calling the plays. Maybe they're up in a booth. And so you don't know who it is. They put like three guys. It's one of those things with like the cup where you move the cup around the balls underneath it. That's what the Patriots are doing here. So no one actually knows who's calling the plays. Belichick was asked who would call the plays, by the way, and said, quote, we don't have to call any for a while. End quote. Gotcha there. <laughs> Touche, Bill. Touche. The Bills announced a $1.4 billion open air stadium in Orchard Park. It appears as if a large chunk will be paid for by taxpayers. Uh, I'm glad, uh, you know, we, I don't, we don't, we don't need to get to the, you know, the, uh, nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts of the stadium cost, or the the whole the whole morality of of forcing taxpayers to pay for stadiums, as if uh, you know, as if NFL football teams are pu- like a public trust or something like that. Like they're not spoken public- like a true brainwashed mind of the NFL. Brent, you can't even defend the general public. My God. Oh, I think I think all NFL stadi- all stadiums should be paid for by the billionaires who, who who profit off them and not the taxpayers who then pay to go like you pay taxes to build the stadium and then you pay to go to the stadium like if it's you, crazy if you like football if you don't you're just paying right exactly <laughs> like yeah if you hate football I mean, it's, so like public schools right you pay taxes to get free access to public schools like like you pay your taxes so you can go to the so you can send your kids to the public school or to drive on the roads that get repaired right like sometimes Taxes are taxes are designed in theory to help you to help the the community and to make things better for you. Technically, that does that, I guess, at the football stadium, but it's also like you know you're you got to. Well, they'll, they'll argue that it's going to bring uh, jobs and bring restaurants and all that to the area. I don't know. I haven't looked at the economics in a while, but I don't I don't know if that typically is how it actually ends up playing out. But I, I would imagine that's the conversation you're giving to the board members when you're although i don't think the bill said to give any have any conversation i think the governor's like yo guess what the governor's <laughs> from buffalo she wasn't gonna let buffalo right. lose the bill i mean right. it really worked out perfectly for the bills because you can't ha- let there's no way a governor from buffalo is gonna let them leave the city right uh, especially we- when they're the only sports team located in the state of new york nfl team i was gonna say hold on now um is it uh is it, it's gonna be the same Right yeah. next door. Same. Right, right next door. Next door. I, I think the, the more interesting debate here, because we don't need to have a philosophical debate about taxes. And, and by the way, is, I, think, I think the Bills, Bills fans are probably like, whatever. But whatever. They would have voted yes. Yeah, exactly. I've been uh, to, I was there a couple years ago at, I don't know what it's called now, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Highmark it, Stadium. Highmark. It is not even a good SEC stadium. It, it is in desperate need of upgrades. So I get that part, but I, I don't know. pictures from there. Yeah, yeah, anyway, sorry, what, so what here's the bigger picture? question. Should they be building a dome? Because apparently it's an open air stadium. Uh, yeah. If you're in Buffalo, why not put a retractable roof so you can have like a final four or, or like big events? The NFL would give them a Super Bowl because that's what they do with new stadiums if it was enclosed. I don't think they would do it for an open air stadium. What, uh, how much does, what did the last closed, like where did the Falcon Stadium cost? Because I think I know what uh, the the governor. I think that was almost two billion. Yeah, so this one, is one point six billion to to build out Megatron's bee hole. Okay, so wait, so the governor Hochul said one point seven billion this for the for the bills. One point four for the bills. Oh, okay, so, so maybe that three hundred three hundred million is what goes to make the roof breach. I don't know. <laughs> but as as a Buffalo native, Kathy Hochul, uh, the governor, she was determined to guarantee the team's long term future in Western New York. 
quote, Buffalo Bills fans have enough stress. She said, I did not want them to have to worry about the future of the team. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Got me there. Uh, New York State and Erie County footing $850 million of the upfront cost to build it, but also with a pact that includes a 30-year lease that Hochul called, quote, ironclad, and that County Executive Mark Pollenkar said will keep the team in Buffalo for as long as he lives. So in Nothing, other words... Nothing's ironclad, by the way. That's right. Um, Iron is ironclad. I think, the, I, think the, I think the Buffalo... I mean, like, the Bills... The Buffalo losing the Bills would be... Like, It'd be like the plants closing in Sandusky, Ohio, and Tommy Boy. It would be pretty bad economically speaking for 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 that area. I think, right? I mean, like that. There are a lot of jobs and a lot of you know economic stimulus, um, and so I think like that's part of it too. Is the bills have been rumored for Toronto? You know, you know the you know the once the Pagulas bought the team, like you don't know, you don't, you can't trust these NFL owners. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> all the, you know, the dollar. And right. real quick, the story from the Associated Press says that although the stadium will not feature a roof, the Bills plan to have 80% of seating protected from the elements. Interesting. Still can't, still can't do a Final Four there. Yeah. Uh, team owners Kim and Terry Pagula are contributing at least $350 million towards stadium construction, plus the $50 million they'll have to reimburse the league. A portion of those funds will come from the sale of about 50,000 personal seat licenses to all season ticket holders, beginning around $1,000 a piece. Ama amazing. It is like, quite the, I racket. mean, it's not even a magic trick. It's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And it, brace yourself. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you guys are going to pay two thirds of this. We're going to cover the other third, but you're actually going to pay us for that, most of that third. Um, the Pagulas are also our quote, responsible for any escalation in cost, end uh, quote, to construct the stadium, Hochul said, a detail the governor called, quote, quite significant. I would agree with that because that could be upwards of half a billion dollars, like, like $500 million. Like no, no, no amount would shock me when it comes to construction, particularly in a, when you're constructing an open-air stadium in a place where it snows 95% of the time. Yeah, that was, uh, we'll I mean, look at the, the Ram Stadium. Just, I think that was supposed to originally cost what, they did, like they three billion, and then it ballooned up to five and a half. That thing cost five and a half billion dollars. I think that was the final cost. My word. Um, the the thirty year lease includes a penalty that would require the team to quote pay back the entire cost of the stadium if it were to move down the road. So in other words, let's say you get. Let's say Jeff Bezos buys the team. He can stroke a check for one point six billion and move them to London and not 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 blink. So that would be hilarious, yeah. but not hilarious. Would they get there on the Amazon plane? Where's How it? would they get there? Don't even joke about that with Bills fans, man. Bills Mafia is going to come after you. Pollen Cars fifty four said of the deal. Quote: There's a very good chance I may not even outlive this upcoming lease that we're entering right now. Jeez, buddy, <laughs> fifty four years old. Come on. Hey. Okay. So, oh, and you know what? Real quick, other stadium news, which was in the Tuesday newsletter. If everybody checks it out, the Chiefs it better are not, talking, It better not be about Tennessee. Oh, it's Chiefs not. looking at locations possibly in Kansas for a new stadium very, very, very early in the process. Kansas. Kansas. Because and also in Tennessee. Know, I can't Kansas believe City is in Missouri. Um, the Broncos' new stadium might not be fully repaired for week one because of that fire was so bad. So you might have like 300 seats roped off, a couple of suites closed because it's not fully repaired. And of course, Wilson, the Tennessee Titans, the governor of Tennessee is willing, uh, is trying to get the state legislature, state legislature to pass $500 million to give to the Titans toward the cost of the stadium. So they're trying to be proactive here. But wait but, a second. Hold on. Before you go on, do they need a new stadium? Their stadium's in pretty good shape. Nah, it's pretty bad. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't. I, it, yeah, it's not good. Right. Um, Location's great. I will wait, say wait. this. By the way, uh, David Tepper is badly. Wants to wants a new stadium or to do upgrades to Bank of America Stadium, which also like any like all of these stadiums that were built in that sort of range. I think Nissan and Ralph Wilson's older, but um, they're just kind of crappy stadiums, right? They're right. only twenty five years old. I well, know. real quick with the Titan Stadium though is that this is going to operate on somewhat the same timeline as Buffalo's. I would think if they once they get the financing in place, this new stadium could be done by twenty twenty six or twenty twenty seven. But the catch with the governor and the state of Tennessee giving the Titans $500 million is that the Titans want the money. The stadium has to be enclosed. So uh, you're either looking at a dome or a retractable roof stadium in Nashville. I mean, one of the things they should pass at this, these owner meetings is grass fields everywhere because you, you, this turf is it's killing, killing the game. Go ahead. 
Bank of America, 1996, by the way. Yeah, so Nissan what's that? Stadium is 1997. There you go. 20, 20, 20, 1999 for Nissan Stadium. What yeah. is it? 99. Yeah. That's what, according to Google. 23 years. That's insane. I mean, it's, it's probably, it's probably close. That's when the Titans moved in, wasn't it? it said opened August 27, 1999. Cost. Okay, right. You know how much it cost to construct? It was like five hundred million. It was five thousand dollars. Two hundred ninety million dollars. Jeez, it looks like it. Yeah. Do you know how much it costs? Oh, well, Bank of America didn't list a cost. Come on. Oh yeah, it was four hundred and fifty, four hundred and sixty million in t- two thousand twenty-two dollars. That's how much. It's crazy. They're spending three times like the like the, the bill the like Buffalo, the state of New York, or the you know the county, whatever the county is. They're giving places. Me. You are giving you and your fellow New Yorkers are giving twice as much to the bills to build the stadium as the Titan stadium would cost in modern day dollars to build. supply chain issues. <laughs> and, and Wilson, you mentioning the, uh, how old each stadium is, is relevant. Cause we should have said that about the bill stadium. That thing opened in 1973. Yeah. That thing's ancient. They needed a new stadium there. Like and something had to be done. They put some money in it to, to put the lipstick on the old pig, so to speak. But right. It, it is like I said, it's not even was smeared and then the pig started <laughs> eating it and things got ugly. Yeah. I mean, so like NC state stadium, Carter Finley stadium opened in 1966. I mean, it is, you know, they, they put some lipstick on it too. And it's just, I mean, it like matches the product on the field. Let's just, that's right. that's- <laughs> by the way, breach. Actually, NC state's football team is good. Um, I'll thank you very much. And I've got to go to the Brent, what about the, what about their women's basketball team? Oh, I was going to say there are a few things funnier than seeing Brent's and get up on his high, high horse on Twitter and, actively block you fans because you're calling out Brinson for being a homer. I mean, it was ridiculous. They got so screwed. You saw what happened, right? Of course not. (laughs) All right. So NC State's State's women's basketball team was a number one seed in the NCAA tourney. And the region they were in was one where UConn. UConn was the two seed and the regional finals was before you play the first two rounds, I think, at your home floors. The regional finals were in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It was a it was a flat out Connecticut home game, and the NCAA, when asked about it, the committee said uh, fan enhancement was uh, factored into the decision to. Did North Carolina even have a regional? Uh, Greenville, South Carolina had one, but the Gamecocks got it. As the okay, one. well, I mean, what do you want to tell you, man? Put put we, Connecticut somewhere other than Bridgeport. That's the whole point. Well, were they the, the top two seed? Yes, I, I don't. But it's. No, Talk to I, the S curve, Brenton. Talk to the S curve. I don't. I don't know. Curve, whatever they, it is. Maybe they, maybe they were. Make them a make them a one seed and put them in Connecticut and put NC State in Greenville as the two seed. I mean, like I'd rather be in Greenville as a two seed than Connecticut as a one seed. That sounds like people well, that are calling the, you. Maybe needs to talk to the coaches. Maybe maybe the one seed should get to choose whether would you they tell the, them the ref, options and Just the, the refs, one seeds. The refs the refs were a disaster. It's a whole thing. Anyway, well, we don't need to complain about the refs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one more thing we got to get to before oh, we get out of what? here. What else? The Detroit Lions are on hard knocks. Dan Campbell. How pumped are you? Dan uh, Campbell. And- I haven't watched hard knocks an entire season. Uh, the Whatever the one prior to Antonio Brown going to the Raiders. That's the last time I watched hard knocks. It's been a while since I've watched a full season. Yeah. I usually just trail off at like the. All right. Well, let me ask you guys. Do you guys even know who was on it last year? Uh, there wasn't one. There was one. Oh, there was. There, there wasn't one the year before. <laughs> Wait, um, when were the Chargers on it? Chargers oh and Rams. God, that was 2020. So that was the year before. Last year was to, this past season. Who was it? You clearly don't watch it because you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know who was on it in 2020. Was it, it was Brinson. It was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, really? I, 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 I knew that because Mike, Mike McCarthy did the oh, Austin, you knew it. He knew he did it. The Austin Powers thing that we always joke about. Remember? Oh you always joke about it. I never saw it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. If you're Jared Goff, are you going to like start asking HBO for uh, maybe an extra paycheck? Like, hey, man, I'm a regular on this series because he, <laughs> right. he's literally been on, this is his third time. He was on it his rookie year in 2016. I think that was the Rams first year in Los Angeles. So they put uh, that's Arnox right. There. I remember I watched that one because they were talking about them moving from St. Louis. Yeah. And then uh, off the pandemic that Ryan just mentioned, they wanted something different. So they had both Los Angeles teams so that the camera crews didn't have to go far and they could just stay in Los Angeles and do everything. That was the Chargers and Rams one that Ryan mentioned. And now this one. So it's literally third time in six years that Goff has been on hard knocks. Yeah. All it's right. A lot of Jared Goff and the draft. All right. Yeah, the draft. They'll be there in two years. That's right. Detroit, double winner. We got uh, Las Vegas, then Kansas City, and then Detroit for the draft. Get excited. Or maybe Kansas. We don't know yet. 
if Wilson retires before the 2024 draft, it's because he doesn't want to go to Detroit. And Why? no one would blame him. No offense. I'm just like kidding. Wilson loves Detroit. I yeah. love Detroit. I've been to Detroit flight. multiple times. I have okay. three direct flights from my house. That's one of them. I, I'm going to be here. I love Detroit. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Smash that like button if you're on YouTube for Wilson and Breach. I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.